before we get into today's episode, we wanted to introduce you guys to Shoebox. Shoebox is designed for sneaker enthusiasts, a unique, one-of-a-kind, sneaker-inspired pin product. What makes them unique is that 10% from every pin sold goes to purchasing new sneakers for kids in need. At the PLP, we love to support the youth. So y'all use the code LOUNGE20 at checkout to get 20% off. You can find them at shopshoebox.com. So S-H-O-P-S-H-O-O-B-O-X.com or on Instagram at shoebox underscore. S-H-O-O-B-O-X underscore. Thank y'all and enjoy the episode. Tune in. anything i want to maybe give you a give you a chance to introduce yourself like with your name and and what do you do and who are you okay so my name is jamal campbell i am 27 years old i am currently a professional athlete uh, professional football player in the canadian football league and i play for my hometown team the toronto argonauts which i was drafted to yes, in 2016. i remember when i i got to york and i i first met you and I was hearing stories like, yeah, you have to meet Jamal, you have to meet Jamal. And like, who's this guy? Like, everybody's talking about it. You know, it's Jeffrey and all of them. And like, Jeffrey was Jeffrey, Malik, everybody, especially my first year, was just so timid. I was like, yo, I don't know what to do. And men's were like, yeah, yeah, you're fine. Like, you'll get in the process. Like, you'll meet people. Uh, Jamal's sick. You'll meet Jamal. And I was like, okay, cool. And then the first time I met you, it was, it was all love. You heard like, yo, bro. this guy's super sick. It was all love straight right away. And then from then, it was always, I started hearing bits about your story and I started to hear like Coach Craney was talking about it and they were using it as motivation. You would come and talk to us and it was like, it was like you were kind of the inspiration for the team once in a while where you'd come tell us like, hey, it's okay. You're going to bounce back, figure it out. Just keep going. Just keep going. Don't quit. Yep. And that's why when I got a chance to do my, my podcast, I wrote down a list of names of who I wanted to get down and talk to. And I was like, there's been a lot of people that kind of influenced me while I was at York and still am at York was Coach KP was definitely one of them. And I was like, even though I never connected with you all the time because you had the NFL, the CFL going, yeah. I was like, Jamal was still like a figure because it was right away. It was like love. And it was like, you're a professional athlete. And you hear that side of it where it's like when people go pro, they lose who they are, blah, 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 blah. They don't kind of associate with you. They change, whatever. And it was like, you didn't even know who I am. It was just an embracement, like, yo, congrats, welcome to the team, blah, 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 I'm Jamal, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. I definitely appreciate that because being like the timid person I was when I joined to be like, oh, shoot, like, man's are sick. Like, that's lit. Yeah. And, and I think that's important because um, something that I always strive to do and like, especially in the game of football or just in, in life, when I meet people is just, you know, I think everyone has uh, everyone has something to offer. And, you know, it's important mm-hmm. to, to give everyone a fair shot and, you know, kind of like, just meet people and like meet people genuinely exactly. and like give them give them that love you know because at the end of the day it's like yo you don't you don't nothing hurts when you give right it doesn't hurt you exactly exactly i think before we even get into anything i don't think people understand what a what if you play football you understand what the football team dynamic and mm-hmm. aspect brings to you that camaraderie that you go through training camp like that first training camp experience i'm already a skinny you but i lost weight and it was crazy <laughs> And you could eat as much food as you want, but you're not understanding. You got two a day practices and you got film then you got the early morning wake ups. You got the team meetings like you go through that whole month. You give up exactly. that month of August to your brothers. You know what I mean? That's what it taught me discipline that I'm not here for me. I'm here for the greater good of the team that if I'm slacking, I'm letting down the other 40, 40, 50, 60 guys in the roster that, hey, Maji's not picking up his weight. So do what you can do at the best and everyone else will kind of will match you at whatever they're good at and it will make the team environment. And, that, and that's one thing that I'm happy that football taught me that I carry on into other aspects of my life, moving into different things. Exactly. And, and I agree. Yeah. So I wanted to get into with you, especially your story. So amazing. And talking to you and hearing some of your stories and everything and seeing the work that you do now in the community, especially with the with the pedestal that you are on and the opportunity that you take to speak about things. Um, I wanted to talk to you about who you are, where you're from, especially someone being someone that's from Toronto that plays for the Toronto Argonauts. You've been part of the city and you've been part of this this growth that we have here in Ontario and stuff. So I wanted you to kind of give the background of where you're from, 
and the processes that kind of brought you to who you are and where you grew up and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, I'm born and raised in Toronto, Ontario, obviously. Um, majority of my life, I lived in Jane and Finch, uh, different parts mm-hmm. of Jane and Finch, um, whether it's south of Finch or north of Finch, different parts, lived in Brampton for two years, grade five and grade mm-hmm. six. Uh, when we came back, moved back to Jane and Finch. Um, so, yeah, definitely being a part of the, the community has always been something that's important to me because from a young age, my mom, my mom, she's instilled in us like the, the, the importance of, you know, remembering where you came from and honoring mm-hmm. that and, you know, helping people around you. And like this is this is stuff that my mom's been teaching us since uh, like since we were kids. My mom, by the way, she's a single yeah. mom of four children. Mm-hmm. You know, so growing up, I seen her, I seen it struggle. You know, I seen her working two jobs, three jobs sometimes. And, you know, sometimes she, she, we didn't really have the opportunity to be around our mom as much because my grandma would be babysitting yeah. us. So, like, we would be raising ourselves. And everything kind of went full circle when I got drafted because I just realized that um, getting to that point, it wasn't, it wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't a mistake. You know, it was the lessons that I learned over the years of hard work, determination, you know, focus, um, discipline just and believing in yourself no matter what no matter what environment you come from no matter uh, mm-hmm. no matter what family you come from no matter no matter anything the most important thing is just kind of like having that belief in yourself and like faith in god that you know the, the plan is going to work and if it doesn't work you just keep going no you said so much and i can kind of relate to that aspect i come from a single mom too and and my mom was always grinding and one thing she always was she always put me in something to do exactly like she put me in piano she put me in uh, music in high school, she made me do music. So I was part of the band and I was part of the varsity athlete team. I was doing, I kept busy. So I couldn't find trouble no matter where I was. That's so a I blessing. was able to do that. And and it got to a certain point and I can be vulnerable and talk about it was that when I played sports, my teammates would have all their parents in there. My mom's were grinding and working. So I wasn't only playing for me, I was playing for my mom. And I would play with the effort that she's going to hear these stories. Parents would talk and say, Oh yeah, Majid scored two goals. Majid did this. Majid did that. Majid scored a touchdown. Majid Majid made it to offset for track and all these stories that she was there to celebrate it. Cause I'll come home and we'll celebrate and we'll talk. And when she has a chance to come, she's the first person in the car driving me, and we're there watching the games. She didn't know much about soccer, but she was there watching. She knew track, and she was always there being my track coach and whatever. That family value in that aspect, it's it's a big thing, yeah. Especially with a single mom growing up, cause yeah you become your own man at an early age. Exactly, and I, I can definitely relate to that in a lot of senses when you talked about, like when you were at a game or whatever, and you know, your mom's not there, but other parents are there, and you you thinking, I'm doing it for my mom, I'm doing it for us, and it's like, I had that same experience, you know, I'd be in the gym working out, getting ready for the combine, getting and me and Aaron mm-hmm. would be doing back squats, and it would be like a tough mm-hmm. day, and you know, me and Aaron are there like motivating each other, because we both come from single parent households, and. Uh, exactly. We both went to CW Jeffries together, so we were both raised, uh, were raised around each other, and like we'd, we'd be telling ourselves, like you're doing it for your mom, you know, like when when you have this, when you have the, when you have a, yeah. a, a squat, when you're squatting and you have this heavy weight on your back, <laughs> we'd be telling ourselves, our mom, our moms, our moms are working their backs yeah, up, and we exactly. all we have to do is lift this weight, just do it, do just it, pull do this it. little weight up, just exactly. pull this weight up, you know. So yeah. I, I relate, and that was that was a part, especially even even going back to Aaron when I left quit football i think i left with four people mm-hmm. potentially that especially that i was around was aaron adam malik and daily yeah we're all solid guys that, solid guys man four solid guys that i knew that through thick and thin they got me like yeah. and bobo gave me tough love no matter what so you're you're goofing off you're wasting my time like just cut and that tough love was needed but at the same time if he knew it was too much tough love, he'd come fix it. And if Bobo gave me too much tough love and I was in the mood for it, I would just go to Aaron and Aaron just soften it up and say, yo, fam, like, everything's good. We'll work it out. What do you need? We need this? All right, let's get it done. Let's get it done. Alex was a solution guy. And, and it built that family value of what it took to identify and kind of grow up and build that, I guess, that manhood life where I didn't have that father figure and I didn't. I just, whatever, life happens. So now I'm growing up and now it's like, what values do I need to build to be a man? Mm-hmm. How am I going to do these values? Who am I going to keep around me to that match my values? Mm-hmm. And you'll meet people that you think are in the same lane as you, and you'll go left and they'll go right. And it's a respect thing. But you'll meet people that you might not talk to every single day, but you'll take things from them. I yeah. took things from all four of those guys that are 
solid guys to the core. I think that's the one thing that I'm really happy with. And, yeah. and I take back and they come from, they come from either single parent homes or they come from a full family value, Exactly. but they still have that same hard work and that grind atmosphere and that mentality. Mm-hmm. Those are the, uh, the values that, you know, young men that often we try to find, right? And there's, when mm-hmm. we're given different opportunities to find them, whether it's good or bad, you're still gonna, mm-hmm. you're still a man that's trying to find yourself, right? So it's not even about exactly. pretty much knowing the type of man you want to be, but it's kind of like, like yeah. you said, just surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded, share the same values and kind of just growing in that, growing into that man. And it's a, a process, right? And it continues. I'm 20, I'm 27, turning 28 this year, and I'm, I'm still learning a little of my stuff and I'm still um, exactly. finding, I'm still like trying to con- uh, put in concrete place what my values are. Yeah, I wanted to get into your upbringing and your raising, especially being from Jane and Finch. I don't think many people people hear about it on the news and they they talk about it. And I've never been and I've been to Jane and Finch and I haven't experienced anything that you have. And this is the big platform for people to understand that the city we live in, there's there's things going on in the city. You, everybody that's in their suburbs and their sheltered homes and they're safe. And me living in Markham and all all my other friends living in Pickering or wherever else. They're not in that environment that you're brought up in. So how did growing up in Jane and Finch um, shape your perspective and your opinion and the way you kind of became who you were and are? I, th- I think the biggest thing about uh, growing up in my community, Jane and Finch, is, you know, it just taught mm-hmm. me self-awareness and just being prudent and just, you know, just, just really trying to be in control of every situation that you can be in and kind of just, you know, understanding. I understand, uh, I, under- I was able to understand at a young age that, you know, every choice that you make, it has, mm-hmm. you know, for every for every action, there's a reaction. Every choice, there's a exactly. consequence or there's a benefit. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I I was very fortunate enough to be to be blessed to, to understand that. And, you know, every community has its issues, obviously, but yeah. it's, 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 it's tough when, you know, you grow up in a, a community that's in the middle of a city. And, you know, a lot of the experiences mm-hmm. that you and your friends go through or people that you know, people that you went to high school with, people that you went to middle school with, the rest of the world, they don't even realize what's going on in their backyard, yeah, right? Yeah. So exactly. I think, and I think the cool thing about going to York was that, you know, Jane and Finch is right beside York. So it was mm-hmm. almost like York, York University was kind of like, it was like a safe place in the sense of yeah. like, I was on campus. I didn't, I lived at home, but I was on campus all day. Like I went home to sleep, yeah. went home to sleep. Exactly. And eat, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, Mm-hmm. It was just like that in itself. It was kind of cool because I never really had to like, I didn't really have to change my 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 friend group because all my friends, yeah, we, we were all mm-hmm. in the same area and stuff, right? Exactly, and that was the part that um I wanted to get more talking to you about was was that safety and that homeness from the the York University community. Mm-hmm. And I and to add to that, um, I guess that's what is unique about the athlete experience, right, at the varsity level yeah. is that when you're dealing with a campus like York University and you have 60,000 plus students coming in and out every day and we're a commute school, it's like a lot of times like people that I started with in my first year, not even in football, just in my first year <laughs> in sociology, I noticed yeah. like they don't, they didn't have friends, else. they didn't really have friends, they were just coming and going. Yeah. Whereas like when yeah. you're an athlete, you have you have your team, then you have the other athletes, and then you yeah, know, it's just, you build that mix. You build it. You build it. Like look at you, right? You had you had you were able to have football, track, you know, and then obviously all the other athletes, and then all the other friends that you had on campus, right? And you have people, and it builds a network for you because that's the one thing about university is as much as it is um, education, it's it's that network, exactly it's that connection and having those people that you graduate with and they graduate ahead of you or behind you. That when you do graduate, you link them and be like, oh, so-and-so, you graduated the same year as me. Oh, you went to York, too. I, I think we had classes, blah, 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 blah. And, and some of those people become your friends for life. Where I've, I've met people, like, during my, when I tore my, um, when I tore ligaments in my knee, and it was making, it had me dis- making a decision, am I going to stay in football or am I going to quit? And I quit. I met a few people that were just students that were just on campus that saw me on crutches, and they're like, oh, you're good? Like, you want help? And they became my friends to this day that I talk to every single every single day. Yeah. That they looked out for me, not knowing who I was, but I wouldn't have known them if I wasn't put in that situation. So I I look at things with a with a with a perspective of some, things happen for a reason. Some things happen for a reason. For I mm-hmm. I say it to myself that this knee injury is meant to happen because I met these people that that hold me that hold me up higher to a higher standard. Yeah. That that my dreams for football 
were fulfilled. My dreams in my athletic varsity career, in my opinion, were fulfilled to the max. I did everything I needed to. I came off an injury. I said, I'm going to go run track. And they were saying, you might not be the same as speed. I don't know if track's the right thing for you. You should just keep rehabbing. I was like, no, nah, that's not me. I need to find something to push me. And I went and did track and I succeeded. And I said, all right, cool. What's the next challenge? And that led me to pursue student government and student council. And and now I'm here doing this. So and that's amazing, right? That's all the life skills. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that comes from certain things. Everything builds up, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's what's led us to here. So I wanted to get into your your football thing. Like, what made you start football? Like, especially a sport like that. Like, I didn't play football till high school when I think a teacher told me, like, oh, you're too skinny to play football. And I was like, all right, cool, thanks. I'll go try it out. And I didn't know a single thing about it because I was a soccer kid. Mm-hmm. So how'd you get into football? Football was interesting because, you know, going to C.W. Jeffries at inner school cities in Toronto, like, um, basketball was probably one of the most popular sports. So we were all playing basketball, you know, soccer, things like that. And fortunately enough, the Argos, the Toronto Argonauts, they brought, they started a level the playing field football program where they were mm-hmm. trying to bring football to inner city schools. So I guess schools that had at-risk youth. So, you know, we had my school, we had schools in Rexdale, schools in other parts mm-hmm. of um, the city that the Argos pretty much literally gave money and equipment to, to give us the opportunity. So we jumped on it. I was in grade 11. Mm-hmm. I started late. Um, it was crazy. crazy. My experience is, is crazy. Like I started when I was 16. And as soon as I started playing, like I just fell in love with it. And again, you know, me and Aaron Atwell, we started playing football at the same time. Well, he's, he was mm-hmm. playing when he was younger, but I'm talking about in high school. And like yeah. the, exp- the experience, it was just crazy. Like that's, we started playing and that's something we knew we wanted to do. So we took it, we started to take it serious. It was like me, Aaron, Jeffrey, like a bunch of us, uh, CJ <laughs> and you know, when I got to grade 12, you know, it was kind of like, okay, well, yeah, like this, this is fundamental football, but like, you know, I really want to do this. I want to continue to pursue yeah. this. So that's when I kind of started looking at like, what options do I have? So I was able to go to a, a, um, a combine uh, at Bishop's University, which is in Montreal. And oh, that's crazy. so I went there with Aaron and we were able to get enough interest. And like, we were actually planning on going and playing in for Bishop's and... <laughs> You know, fast forward, it, it didn't, that wasn't the plan, right? It was just too far mm-hmm. from home. So, you yeah, know, I, I was going to say that too. Yeah, it was just way <laughs> too far from home and it wouldn't have worked. So, able to come back to Toronto and, um, you know, see what my options were there. And I had Windsor and I had York. So, you know, by the time August came around, I guess York was really showing interest because I, I, at that mm-hmm. point, I, I said, you know, I'm going to go to York. Pretty much just young, new to football, athletic. 215 pounds as a DN, which is super underweight. And I just was hungry for the game. I just wanted to learn the game. And that was the beginning of my football journey. And I guess the reason why my, I'll never say I wish I started playing younger is because Mm -hmm. when I, by the time I got to York, I wasn't even ready to play. Like my first year I was redshirted and cause I was, I was just too light. I was 215 pounds playing DN. So that year, it was an interesting year for me because, you know, we had like a crazy recruiting class that year and so many guys quit because A, they didn't get on the field or B, they just weren't happy with their situation or just C, they couldn't balance school and and varsity, right? Athletics, yeah. Yeah. That's a difficult thing. I don't think people really understand mm -hmm. how difficult it is to balance. Now, I don't want to say any other sports, but football alone, where you got class all day and then you got finished class and you got two hours of meeting. And then meeting, you got practice. Before before class, you got... You you can't even go. You got got the early morning. Like, there's... I don't think people understand. Like, 6 a.m.s. Go... And if you're late for that, that's another punishment. Exactly. Then you go to class. You balance your whole day. And you got study hall in between somewhere. You got to go to your study hall. Finish study hall. Got to go to meetings. Meetings are not short. And if you fall asleep, <laughs> I fell asleep. I think I fell asleep. Coach Carr saved my ass. The one time I fell asleep, and he liked me only because I played uh, JV. Yeah. I'm pretty, yeah, I played OVFL, and he was coaching. I think Carr had hated me first time he met me. Because he's like, mm-hmm. who's this kid recruiting? I don't want to have him here. He's just a fast kid. Yeah. And I had to work my ass off to get his respect. And I got his respect in OV. We get to York. And I fall asleep in the meeting. I, was, I just couldn't hang. Like, I'm not a morning person. It was an early morning meeting. He's like, you cannot fall asleep. If you fall asleep, I'll make you plank the whole time. Yeah. And he gave me that warning. The other person fell asleep, made them plank right away, saved me. Yeah. So I don't think people understand that hectic schedule that you maintain 
on season and off season as off a varsity season. athlete. Yeah, exactly. All year round. The off season one is the crazy it's, part. Yeah, I, I would say in season is a little vacation. Honestly. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's no joke. Cause off season you gotta build. Yeah. You gotta build on stuff, and you're learning a new playbook. You're learning new things. New players are coming in to take your position. You gotta show why. Everything like that. So, shout out to all the varsity athletes that that grind twenty four seven that go there and finish. Exactly. Oh, sorry. Back to your story. You're finishing. Um. Yeah, I think I was just saying that. Um. I guess what was unique about my experience in that sense was that because I started so late, I wasn't able to learn the bad habits or I was able to come mm-hmm. in at in my first year and just be excited. Just like a lot of guys were mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not playing. I'm depressed or I'm not playing. <laughs> like I'm, 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 I'm mad. I'm going to stop showing up. Whereas yeah. me, I was like, I'm not playing, but I want to get on the field. Like, how do I get on this yeah. field? And in my first year, I gained 65 pounds. And so I went from being a red shirt, which is someone who does, is, has no yeah. plan of touching the field. Like <laughs> he, they tell you at the beginning, you're a red shirt, yeah. you're not playing this year. <laughs> so I went from being a red shirt to being a starter the very next year. And that wasn't because the coaches like me. It wasn't because yeah. any other reason that I chose to make the decisions that were going to get me on the field to be a starter. Yeah, and I don't think people understand that there's a depth chart that you have to go through in that process. Yeah. yeah. That when you come off being the red shirt, you're the bottom of the depth chart. So you're four exactly. or five, whatever. Yeah. And you build your way through. So if the first guy gets hurt, everybody bumps up one. That's a yeah. free bump. And then you build your way through. So for you to make that jump from, from red shirt to starters is a crazy jump because they don't do yeah. that. Like usually yeah. even the big name recruits they bring in are automatically third string so you jumped over any recruits that they brought in that were big recruits or anybody that were any vets that were still potentially there that were moving on. Yeah. So and and, and that, that comes from the mentality that I always had, right? The mentality that growing up in um, the neighborhood I grew up in, it's just like, no matter what, you just got to keep going, right? Like there's no excuse. There's no, like everything's already against you. The odds are against you. So what yeah, are you going to do? You're exactly. going to, you're going you're gonna to fold or you're going to, you're going to go through and you're going to perform. So it's like, there's been years at York when, in the off season, the coaches would say like, "Hey, like I'm, we're bringing in this guy from another school, and he's here to take your job." And I remember them mm-hmm. like they were just, and I, I look back on it now, and they were just testing me, right? They wanted to see yeah. what I was made of, so they would say these things to me, and my response was like, "I'm not worried, okay? Like bring him. You're you're, you're, you're wasting your time. Like bring him. He's not taking my spot." And I I still have that mentality today, this day, right? Exactly, and that's what, and that's what, I think that's what, um keeps people in a certain position, no matter what job you're in, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. is that hunger, is that like, okay, cool, I'm number one, but there's someone else that's going to take my position that they're yeah. going to bring in to replace you. Yeah. Everybody's always, they're trying to replace you. That's the whole purpose of things. They want to get younger. They want to get faster. They want to get that. Exactly. So they're going to find someone that's younger in age, someone that's potentially maybe even stronger than you, someone mm-hmm. that doesn't have what you have, but they still need you because you're that guy that works way too hard yeah. that this new rookie or this new recruit they brought in just can't match. Yeah. And, and if you think it's bad in, in university, at least university, you're, you're <laughs> able to saying. be there for four or five years. When you're a professional, you make one mistake and you can be gone tomorrow. And that's not even a joke. I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. Right. So it's like exactly. it just comes down to the individual's mentality. the one thing that especially for york is to add on to it is that york's been assessed in terms of the football rankings and i think i was sitting with one of my dogs especially first year second we were going through like the i think it was a canadian football chat room and they were talking about york and they're talking about the school they're talking about the program being bottom last or whatever in terms of oua rankings and just stats and numbers that they don't see that all the players that go pro through york are the grinding like the get it out the mud, like the real nitty gritty players that that you'll look at and you're like, oh, he's going to work his ass off every single day, no yeah. matter what. To go from from Colton to Nikola to you to Luther, who just got drafted, is that shout you're Luther, getting a, get a big shout out to Luther is is you're getting it out the mud. Like, I'm not supposed to be here, but I'm going to figure it out. And when I get here, it doesn't matter who's one on the depth chart. I'm going to climb that process and I'm going to stay there. And you're going to have to find someone that is also that get it out the mud to beat me. 
It's not going to be a walk in the park that, oh, he's from the C he's from the States or whatever. He's a top recruit. That's cool. He's a top recruit. But is he going to get it out the mud in the gym? He's going to be in the gym before me. Is he going to have that, let's add it to it, that mama mentality where I'm going to be the first person in and the last person out, you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly, yep. So I think, I think that's a credit to all the York pros that, all the York football players that went pro is that the records and the regular and the varsity stuff and that university stuff with that rankings and whatever, that's cool, but you're not there from the full day to watch these guys in the weight room, mm-hmm. to watch Janky come off a, a knee injury to switch sides of the field, to watch Ross work his ass off, Damien. Like, I've watched these guys, even though I quit early and I had my knee injury and everything, I watch these guys, guys get out the mud and see that and be like, oh, yeah, you're, you're built different. Like, you're, you're going to do this. Yeah. And, it's not, and it's, you're not going to hear the word no from anybody mm-hmm. because you already, you already got the bad name that, oh, you go to York, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're, a built, you're built different. You have a different identity. Yeah, and like, that's why I think it doesn't really matter what school you go to because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like at the end of it all, it's the mentality that you are showing up with every single day. From the yeah. second that I got into York, the second that I stepped on that practice field, the second that I stepped into the weight room when I couldn't even squat five pounds <laughs> because I didn't I didn't squat before I got to university because I didn't yeah. we didn't have the the, the, the programming. I yeah. knew that I wanted to be the best and that I wanted mm-hmm. to be a professional and that I was going to do everything that it takes to get there. It didn't matter yeah. that we were one of the lowest ranks in the country. It didn't matter exactly. that. It didn't, nothing, none of that mattered to me. The only thing that mattered yeah. is showing up every day and just getting better every single day. Yeah. That's the only thing that mattered. Yeah. And being a good teammate in the process. And that's the separation between... I believe going to New York and going to these other programs, these top programs and these high programs, if we're talking football, is that you and being a big recruit in that aspect is that I think it's always been seen that the low recruits and the ones that come through, they have way more drive than anyone that's been the five star recruit their whole career. And some five star recruits have that motivation where I'm just a five star recruit and I'm that get out of the mud player, which is a which is a double win. Mm-hmm. But for anybody that's that's the straight like yeah, I'm just going to beat you and you're not going to work as hard as I am. And you have more things to do than me because you're also busy with this, but I'm just going to pass you in everything I do. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wanted to get into kind of your motivation into into knowing that you're you're a next level player. Like when at what point did you figure out that you're that, hey, I'm I can go pro. I, I can do this. Like at what point did your mentality start to trigger that? Well, I, I got to be honest, right? So mm-hmm. I'm just the type of person who I'm humble by nature, and that's because mm-hmm. of my upbringing. But at the end of the day, it, my confidence is is on it's on another level. My confidence, mm-hmm. it, 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 it doesn't matter what's really outside of what I think. You understand what I'm saying? So from the yeah. time I got to York, when I said, like, I was shit. Like, oh, I don't even know if I'm mm-hmm. not to swear, my bad. No, you're um, good, you're good. We can swear. We can like, swear, don't worry. <laughs> I, I, I was shit, you know? Like, I didn't play. Yeah. I wasn't developed. I wasn't strong. I wasn't fast. I wasn't... The only thing I had was I was athletic and that I had the the motivation to just continue. But from the second I got there, I said, I'm good. I want to go pro. But it wasn't until mm-hmm. my body started to change in the sense of not even my second year, but my third year. It was my third year when I really started to notice, like, okay, wow, like, I'm actually, like, stronger than a lot of these people on the field i'm i'm more athletic i'm just i just have this willingness to win and that's when i knew like okay like i'm going pro like it was in third year Mm -hmm. that i said like i'm going pro but i knew that before but i didn't really have the evidence to to back that up but it's and even even so by the time i got to my third year fourth year it wasn't like i was going around telling everyone i'm going pro yeah these are all the things that i said in my head you see what i'm saying yeah you're you were still humble yeah i was saying these things in my head it was you yeah, and to add to that, especially being in your third year, like you're getting to the point where you're ready to graduate. Mm-hmm. How are you able to balance both the getting your degree and finding that that budding football career that, hey, I'm going pro, but my degree is still that prominent thing that I came to the school for. So how did you find that balance? Um, I, I think I think that the name says it all, student athlete, right? So yeah. when, you're, when you're a student athlete, um, there's two parts to that. And the first part, is that you're a student. That's number one, right? And the, and the mm-hmm. second part is that you're an athlete, right? So that comes second. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the exactly. day, it's like you have to 
younger athletes have to understand it doesn't matter how athletic you are it doesn't matter how gifted you are it doesn't matter if you if you don't take school serious because you won't get to sh show your yeah. talent you could jump out the gym you could run the fastest 40 but you'll be sitting that, on a side on a game day you're gonna you're gonna be watching from the bleachers i always knew that like okay i want to go pro but i'm like i'm I, i'm in university you got to take advantage of that like this is yeah. higher education learning like it's time to exactly. learn exactly even if you even, exactly. and I, I won't even say that i really liked schooling <laughs> I like some <laughs> courses, but I understood yes. the importance. You know what I'm I saying? I promise you. I, I, there's courses that it's like, you know, like university. I was always like, yeah, I'm going to get it done. But there's courses. It's pick and choose. Like, I like these courses. And when yeah. you like the courses, you're more passionate about it. And you're going to put your best effort into courses you like. You're also going to take courses that you're looking at. You're like, fam, I don't want to do this research course where I have to sit down and go on all these sites and research about a paper that's 10 pages that I don't know that I have no interest in writing. So you're still it's, do it's it. that it's that doing that, and you still got to do it. Exactly. Like it's and you still if you don't give do it, the full effort, right? Exactly. So if you, yeah, you can get into university. That's great. And then, yeah, you can play football. Yeah, your grades slip once. You're not playing that next year. And it's crazy because I know so many people that have to. Yeah, and I've so seen it too. People. We've seen it firsthand where you're like, oh, you're talented as like as hell. You're talented. Oh, what's the grade saying? Oh, boom. What happened to so and so? Yeah, don't worry about it. All right. And then, yeah, coaches can say, don't worry about it. You go talk to your teammates. Yeah, he, his grade slips. No, oh, he's not here. Yep. Oh, okay. Then you see bro come back. Then he works. The bro goes somewhere else, works his butt off, comes back to the team. They're like, oh, you're back. Grade slip again. So it's like, you're a student first. Student and first. And if you can't find that balance, then. It's not then for everybody, one, right? One's going to suffer. Exactly. Yeah. So you, if you got to work extra hard and stay awake extra hard and find tutors, just for you to stay there, then that's fine. But you also got to, something's going to suffer. And that's mm -hmm. the point is that like, you don't know what the balance is, when it's going to suffer and you're not going to go to the goal that you want. Exactly. So I wanted to move to your, your CFL draft. Cause I've never, Luther kind of went through that experience and I was, and we were all talking after, which was pretty, which was pretty surreal for him. Mm -hmm. How was that experience for you in a combine and stuff like that? I don't think people really understand what the CFL combine is and what a NF, what a combine is for an athlete how the process goes to the draft and sitting down with teams and stuff like that. Give that little preview. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of youngsters that, that listen, that don't know what to prepare themselves yeah. for. Yeah. I, I, so I guess in the terms of Canadian university, the best way to describe it is that in order, not in order, but the process of mm -hmm. like going professional in a Canadian from a Canadian university is in third year, you go to East West combine, which is pretty much just um, some of the most talented players across the country in their third year, they go to a combine and, and they kind of just display their display their talents and they have an opportunity in front of CFL coaches to kind of put their name on the radar. So, you know, in third year, I understood that. And I, I got hurt in, in East West, like the second day of, of practice. And yeah. but I still played the game because I'm like, you know what, at the end of the day, I'm going to play on one foot, but I'm just going to show them that I'm strong, that I can continue like I'm going to play hurt. And it wasn't my best performance. But at the end of the day, I think I showed them what I wanted to show them. So coming to fourth year, I knew like, OK, this is my year that I have to really show I have to show up. I have to really, 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 really like every rep always matters to me. But I knew that every rep was being watched even more so. So it's like. Um, by the time I finished uh, the season in fourth year and we went, to, I got invited to the National Combine, I knew that that was going to be my greatest opportunity to separate myself from everybody else because of my athleticism. So it's like people are like, oh, well, you, go, you went to York, you're not going to get drafted. And it's like, yeah. yeah, well, now I have a combine where I represent myself essentially because all the stats that are being taken are being taken of myself and i ended up going to the combine the national combine and i came first place in four out of six events i was first place like it took months of training to get there um mm -hmm. years obviously but at the end of the day it's like i knew what it meant to me and i knew i had to do it and when that happened 
I was happy with the result that I left at the combine. And I said, you know what? If I get drafted, then God bless me. That's a blessing. If I don't get drafted, exactly. whatever happens next, I just keep moving. So on draft day, you know, sitting there, I had my friends and my family over. And, you know, everyone was just like so excited for me. And I was just like level-headed because, you know, it's life, right? It's either going to go or yeah. it's not going to go. So finally in the third round, you know, 22nd overall, you know, I get a call from the Argos saying they're going to draft me. And I was ecstatic. It was just like everything came full circle. Um, now we have the team that first introduced me to football. Now they are drafting me, giving me an opportunity yeah. of a lifetime, an opportunity That's where surreal. I don't know. I didn't know. It's not like you have to understand something. It's not like I went to one of these schools in Brampton and Mississauga where they have a history. Yeah. They have a history, a history of, school. Of, mm -hmm. of kids going pro. Like I'm talking yeah. about I'm probably the first person to get drafted from from the CFL from CW yeah. Jeffries in 20, 30 years, whatever it is, right? Yeah. So like exactly. that is that experience itself is like, you know, it wasn't just me who was winning. It was all the people in my life who were winning. All the people yeah, I played with people in, high in that school, community. The people in the community, people in, in university. You know how many people that like I, when I say I do it for everyone, like I literally do it for everyone. There's just so many people that were supporting me and I was supporting them. And you know, we're just in life together. So when they see me win, yeah. they're winning. When I see them win, I'm winning. That's a victory for the whole team. Exactly. Where it's 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 all the little moments that built to this big moment of you going pro. And then and then I know with you, especially that you know, okay, cool. The work's not done. Exactly. Like this, like this, this chapter is done in the book. That's cool. On to chapter five now. Of, hey, I'm pro. Yeah, of course, of course, it wasn't done, right? Like the, the exactly. The, the, I think the day after I got drafted, I was already. The day after I got drafted, you think I was celebrating? No, I was. <laughs> I was back. I was back to work. This is the beginning. This is not a celebration. Exactly. Now it's time to go earn a spot. And how was that process to to earning that roster spot? Because I don't think people understand that you go back to ground zero. When you yeah. enter, when you get drafted, that whole process of getting to that big position of who you are, getting invited to the National Combine, that East-West game where, hey, you're the big dog now. You're the big dog on campus. Your face your face was plastered all over your campus. Potent I know that, too. Then even having the Argonaut posters and whatever. Now you're drafted. Now it's like ground zero. Mm -hmm. Got to start all over again, like how I entered York, where I'm that guy. Yeah, cool. All these accolades are amazing for mm -hmm. when I was at university. How is that process of now that now that you're a pro to start all over again? How was your mindset? And how'd you how'd you build that? I think the reality is that a lot of guys, like you said, when they're coming out, when they're when they when they go pro, they're coming from a position where they were one of the best or the best, whatever, wherever they're coming from, right? So now you're in a new environment mm -hmm. where you are the bottom of the totem pole. So it's like exactly. I think the guys who who have the best success are the guys who who come to that reality faster than later. The guys who they say, you know what? I'm here. How can I be the biggest student of a game? How could I learn? Mm -hmm. How could I learn from the people around me that have been here and that have been doing what I want to do? So for me, it was like when I was coming in as a pro, I was just trying to be the biggest student. Like I was literally just trying to learn from the best. Like, hey, like what can I do to get better? Like I was staying after practice, and I'm talking about in training camp. Anybody knows anything about training camp? You your days start at 6 a.m. and end at 9 p.m. Sometimes you don't even get eight hours of sleep, and you're doing training camp for three weeks in a row. So, I was able to still have that mentality where it's like, okay, well we have we have two days, which is two what three hour practices or two two hour practices. And yeah. I was still before practice or after practice, whenever I got the chance, still saying, I need to learn. I need to, I need to, I need to get better. I need to get better quickly. And I just need to keep learning. And like that process, it was special to me because for two and a half years as a professional athlete, I was a backup for two and a half years. And the lessons that I've learned in that time, those lessons are going to be with me for the rest of my life. You know, for two and a half years, I was fighting for a spot, fighting, 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 day in, day out. Like, I would, I, every year I would come back and i say, you know what, I'm going to be a starter this year. I'm going to be the starter. Boom, training cap happens, I'm not the starter. And that's the thing about life is you have a choice. We have choices, mm -hmm. right? So I was around people mm -hmm. who, we're in the same situation me or a similar situation. And they said, wow, like, you know, this is not fair. Like I'm putting all this time in and I don't see the result. And they start, they yeah. start quitting or they start putting yeah. in less work. And at the end of the day, it's like, who are you affecting? You're only affecting yourself, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, and I knew that. So there was never going to be 
Jamal quit. It was never going to be one of those. Like, you got to you gotta mm -hmm. take me out, right? So it's like, yeah. when I finally became a starter, like, the, the, the moment that I became a starter, it was just like, I understood the journey. I understood the process. I understood why God wanted me to go through all that. You want to know why he wanted mm -hmm. me to go through all that? Is because now I, I I appreciate what it is to have this. And you think I'm gonna let anybody take that from me? I can't let anybody take no. that. You think I'm coming in like <laughs> not even close. You think I'm coming into training camp in August, coming up saying, Oh, I'm a starter, I got this. No, I'm coming in like I'm a rookie. I'm coming in like yep. I need to prove to this team my value. Yep. I need to prove to myself my value. I need to prove to the CFL my value. I need to prove to this country my value. That's my mentality, right? So that's the mentality that works for me. And I'm sticking with that because that's the only thing that matters is is production. When you're a professional athlete, you are judged by your performance. You are judged by mm -hmm. what have you done for me lately. You're not judged by your last season, the season before, what you did in college, the last your last two games. You are judged by what you did yesterday. And if mm -hmm. you are not trying to get better than you were yesterday, you're only getting worse. And you will be reminded of that. A, you'll lose your position or you'll lose mm -hmm. your job and you're not, you're not getting paid, right? Exactly. It's that motivation that you have to carry every day is that you have to find something to to get into that position that you're at. You already worked your ass off. And it's like, yeah, you can celebrate those victories, but it's back to the I got to work my ass off again. Yeah. And again and again and again. And it's like you're going to have days where it's like, especially going through it, muscles are sore, back is just crushing it. You've gone through physio, you've gone through therapy, you've already got the massage and you just can't get it going and you got to drive yourself. Cause no one's going to drive yeah. you cause you got no. bills to pay. You got mm -hmm. people that are someone's inkling to take your spot every second. Like it's just yeah. how it is. Someone's waiting for the opportunity. Oh, Jamal slipped up. Yeah, I'm here. Exactly. Or, and, you, I, even, and I know like, that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that you think that you think I don't smell the blood. Like you think they don't smell the yeah. blood. <laughs> every year they're drafting your replacement. I remember hearing that from someone say that every year they're drafting your replacement. That's their job. And their job is to replace you. And that's you. the whole purpose. It's a business. I don't think mm -hmm. people understand that that whole love for sports is cool and stuff. Watch, especially being on the inside of sports and not being at the professional level, mm -hmm. but hearing from professionals, is that it's a business. It don't a don't think they love you because you cherish the moment. You're that guy that brings them a championship. They'll trade you the next season. Mm -hmm. They'll trade you right after you win the championship. Some of them won't because they they love that nostalgia moment. But there's other ones that don't care about the nostalgia moment. They live in that moment. Hey, this is a job. Thanks for winning our championship. But we got two draft picks from the BC Lions for you. And I'm, I'm going to take mm -hmm. that because you probably got three, four years left in you. And yeah. that's you take it. You take it with a grain of salt. Like, hey, it's a job. Or you can be bitter about it and do whatever. You know, I think whatever level of football that you play, whether it's, you know, varsity, whether it's professional, everyone can mm -hmm. agree is that everybody loves football, but no football mm -hmm. loves nobody back. You know, and it's like, <laughs> that's the truth. Know, and, and it's like, I'm in the football business. I'm not, I don't play football. I'm in the football business, right? Like you yeah. said, it's a business. So as long as you understand your situation and you never try to make it about yourself and you never try to think that you're above the game, cause you will get mm -hmm. reminded of that, then you'll be good. Then you'll be all right. Because at the end of the day, you have to, to, you have to put in the work. your perspective of being a pro like and what was the reality of being a pro like what was it that because you always think about certain things and you see the movies and you see the shows and you see the athletes what was your perspective of, okay i'm a pro now versus the reality of what it was honestly i didn't really know what to think um in terms mm -hmm. of like what pros do or like what their days consist of but mm -hmm. you know once i became a pro i realized that like everything is on you like there is no <laughs> one there to tell you you have to do this 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 you can literally yeah. like for example in the cfl we have a what did we have i think it's an eight hour day or something like that um mm -hmm. you start at what depends on the team you start at like nine and you finish at 1 30 and because mm -hmm. we are unionized you can leave after 1.30. Like, you can walk out the facility at 1.30 <laughs> every single day and no one will tell you anything. But at the end of the day, that is a choice that 
you make, right? Yeah. So exactly. you got to deal with the consequences of that choice that you make when you're not putting in the extra work. So it's like the coolest thing for me was like all the not free time, but free time. It's like you finish practice yeah. at 1.30 and it's like, okay, well, what do I do now? For me, it's like, okay, yeah. I'm going to go watch film. I'm going to go hit another workout or I'm just going to go chill with football guys. And like it's it, it kind of... That kind of makes you feel like a professional when, like, you finish the day and, like, the only thing you're worried about is recovering and getting ready for the next day. My coolest experience as a professional where um, I actually felt like a professional athlete is when we take a charter plane and the stadiums. The stadiums is... The stadiums. Like, Especially, what was your thing? Are you, are you a home guy or a away guy? Because the, the, the BMO field is crazy. Because I've been to a yeah, couple BMO's CFL games in BMO field and it's crazy over there. Are you a guy that like you love the home games, or you're you're away 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 guy? Where like you'll go to the away games and you'll it's fine. You know what I mean? Yo, honest honestly, I don't care because I I'm gonna do well regardless. I'm gonna do well yeah. in front of my friends <laughs> and my family. That's and my the city. answer. And I'm gonna That's do well answer. in an environment where people yeah. don't want me there because then then now you see what I'm saying. So it's like when I'm at yeah, home, I have exactly. the love. So I'm doing well because of the love. And then when I'm on the yeah. road. I'm doing well because you don't want me to win. So now I'm gonna win because you don't, you don't want me there. So I'm a, guess what? I'm gonna yeah, make you sad. So I'm a I'm gonna definitely ruin your night. All you guys that came out with your beers, your dollar beers and your hot dogs and whatever, exactly. you're gonna leave pissed because Jamal is gonna ruin the day. Exactly. So what was winning a great cup like? What was that? Cause that was a crazy one. What was that yeah. experience like? Like you're a great <sighs> cup champion. You're you're like you're you're in. You're immortalized in terms of a champion. There's not yeah. a lot of people play the game of football, and a lot of them leave with no rings. Mm-hmm. I think it's only people I know is you and Coach KP that left with rings. No, everybody yeah. else left with no rings yeah. that I know of. And I, and I think you just you touched on it so well. Is like, you know, I was in my second year, and yeah. I played with guys who in their tenth year didn't have a ring. You know, I played with guys <laughs> who literally the only thing they wanted to do was get a championship. They already got. The player of, they already got the player, the best player at their position. Yeah, they yeah got the MVPs award. and all the stats, Everything. defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, blah, 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 all those cute accolades. But yeah. you and play the game like, for the rings. You, you want to win, right? You want to have that championship yeah. ring. It's like, for me, it's like, I got hurt in, I think, week 14. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I never got to play in the Great Cup. So I, I, when I got hurt and I came back, I never played mm-hmm. again. So for me, yeah. it was like, it was a bit of a challenging experience because yeah. I produced enough to say that I helped us get that great cup in the yeah, sense of exactly. the 14 games of, that I played. Um, mm-hmm. But the, at the same time, because I'm a competitor, it's like standing on the sideline yeah. while yeah. the great cup it was going it on. It doesn't sit right. It's not like I was sitting there like, Oh yeah, like oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just here for I'm just here like you know like I'm like nah like I want to be on the field so it's like yeah I guess that's the only empty feeling I have but at the end of the day yeah. it's like I said I put in the work it's not like I it's not like yeah. I wasn't doing anything to help yeah, us exactly. win I helped us win and I don't think people understand that like when when you go through practice in terms of it everything's produced for the championship like exactly. those guys that are the red shirts I've had moments where Coach KP said. Hey, I need you to go at his head because if you're not making him better, then what are we here for? And you're a redshirt. Exactly. And I'm sitting there and he said, I need you to blow the roof off on this route. Just run as fast as you can. And I need, because the defense has to go back and sit on film and assess, hey, what if we have a fast guy that's like Majid that blows the roof off? Who's going to cover him? Who's going to be there? When you slack off on those routes and you're a redshirt and you're like, I'm not even going to play this year. I'm just going to chill out. You're ruining the whole dynamic of the team. Where you're not, you're not, you you're there for that goal to to test that defense or test that offense on on everything you do and get better on your own. Uh, well, and that's what I'm saying. A lot of people get it twisted, right? A lot of people they think, oh well, because I'm on scout team, you know, I'm not gonna put in the work or I'm just gonna run this half <laughs> yeah. ass. And it's like at the end of the day, you represent yourself on that field. So the film exactly. that you put out there. Like, people get signed off of practice film. You know what I'm saying? People get opportunities yeah. off of scout film. So it's like, you are responsible for the film you put out there. So if you have that mentality anyways, you're probably not going to succeed in life because in life, yeah. you're going to have to do stuff you don't want to do. You're going to be at a job yeah. where at, a there's going to be a day where your employer says, I need you to do this. And what? Because you that's don't want to do it, you're going to do it subpar. You're going to, like, what? Like, no, that's on you. You represent yourself. And that was the thing I wanted to ask you was that 
was that winning that championship and especially being on the sideline, you answer it was that you, you, you put in, you know that you put in enough work to get to that position where you were and, and every stage that you were, that you were a contributing factor because all the work that you put in the preseason and the year before that, everything's building up to this moment that gets you guys there, that gets the team there. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about your opinion. And this is our last section was the success perspective. And everything adds up, little things add up to big things that create these great moments. Mm. Is that growing up in an at risk community, and a lot of people don't know what the word at risk is, Jane and Finch and all those communities are considered at risk by the media. That's the label they put on those communities based off of the crime rate and whatever stats that they want to put out there. Because I remember someone saying, hey, there's a stat for everything. If you want to look deep enough, you'll find a stat. And yeah, the government says they support whatever. That's that's a conversation for another day. But growing up in that community, um, what was things that you got out of it, like personal self-development? You already brought that up, that that was there for you as a pro, that those those inklings that you had that when you came up from from the Jane and Finch community and from that labeling of at risk youth and at risk community. What were those things that that carried on into the pros? Honestly, it's just like how to deal with people. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that I learned is, you know, how do you deal with people in different environments? How do you interact with others? How do you, how do you walk into a room and mm-hmm. have a conversation with people that you're not used to having a conversation with? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, th- those are some of the skills that I've, I was able to learn as a professional athlete because at the end of the day, it's like, I'm coming from an environment, a university, uh, I'm coming from a, uh, urban university where you know like it's just a lot of urban youth a lot of <laughs> a lot of yeah. racialized people right so i'm coming yeah, from an exactly. environment where like certain things are tolerated whereas like now i'm in a professional environment where it's like mm-hmm. oh no like yeah that's your personal way of doing it don't let it interfere with how we do things over here right the business mm-hmm. exactly and so it's like those are the, some of, that's probably one of the biggest things that I learned is like how to just deal with people in different environments. Perfect. Yeah. I think that biz, that separation between business and, and personal is that a lot of people, and I think you learn that in university in terms of when you involve yourself in varsity athlete, it teaches you, especially when you're a team dynamic. Mm-hmm. If you're doing individual sports, yeah, you build your own culture and you build your own identity. But if you're in a team dynamic and your individual beliefs don't match with the match with the majority of the team, are you a going to be that hostile person that's going to die on that hill for the team or die on that hill for your own beliefs? Or are you going to, I guess not say compromise, but are you going to do what's good for the greater good of the team? Yeah. Cause you can either ruin the team chemistry quickly. And I've seen people ruin the team chemistry quickly based off of their beliefs and that hill they want to die on whatever. That's good for you. You have your own things, but that doesn't match that team identity. And, and it works one way. The team always wins. You won't and, be around. Exactly. And, and I think, it's important, like, it was important for me because when you're in university, you're dealing with boys that are turning into men, right? So you're dealing yeah, with exactly. guys that are 17 years old, 18 years old, that yep. are now trying to find themselves in early stages of manhood, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, there's there's a lot of, like, ego, there's a lot of, like, frustration, there's a lot of, like, different things, right? Whereas, like, when you're a professional athlete, uh, playing football and you're you're coming in at like 22 23 and you're exactly. playing with guys that are in their 30s right in their and they have wives <laughs> yeah. they have families they have families kids. they, they have you know what I'm saying? so it's Bills like to pay it's just everything's different everything's just completely mm-hmm. different you're just and it's like in university you might get away with having your opinion and saying oh like yeah like this matters no but the most important thing is the team can you be a team member can you contribute to this team without being a liability because like you said they don't have nobody has time for that in university or in in professional you're dealing Mm -hmm. with 80 plus guys you you don't have time to to make one guy above everybody else there's just no time (laughs) for that you can't you can't coddle one need you can't coddle one's needs it's not it's not here for that. You can do that in your own time, but when but when it comes to the greater good of the team, yeah, and that's in every dynamic, yeah. and that's in everything you do, like everything. no matter what it is. You go to a job, and yeah, you have your own identity, and there's some things that are that are rights that you have to fight for. But there's certain fights that I think someone always used to tell me is, and K- Coach KP used to say this is, you got no one to pick the right wars and battles, and 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 you have to understand that compromises and compromises and weakness, like you have to understand that compromises is, is natural part of life where 
to get things done, you're going to have to meet a compromise. And that might make you have to do things that not say you don't want to, but you might just have to find the greater good that makes everyone happy, that brings peace. Yeah, and just being honest, right? You also have to you have exactly. to you have to be honest with yourself and just understand the position you're in, right? Because it's different for a guy that's coming into the CFL versus a guy who's a 12-year vet, all-star, mm -hmm. MVP. It, they're just two. <laughs> they're just two different people. So what yeah. you might see him doing, it's not for you to say. I see him doing <laughs> that. I can do that. No, he's earned that. <laughs> it, it's you earned. know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you, you'll find it's out earned. very quickly that <laughs> that's not how things work. Yeah, and to to wrap it up because I know you're busy, especially getting ready for the potential possibility of having another season. Oh, I got two more, two to three more questions for you. Hopefully, with everything, is that um. What advice do you give to any listeners out there that are trying to pursue their goal of being a university student, being a varsity athlete, a business person, just anybody, period, and now professional athlete? What, what advice do you give them in terms of trying to achieve their dreams and their goals? Um, I guess first I would say to, to just have a conversation with yourself, to have a mm -hmm. serious conversation before you think about doing anything like that. Just, just, just ask yourself, you know, what do you what do you plan on getting out of this? What what's gonna happen in the event that things don't go your way? Just ask yourself these questions. What 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 are you willing to risk? What are you willing to how much hours are you willing to dedicate? What are the sacrifices mm -hmm. that you're willing to make? Are you okay with not seeing your friends every week? And are you okay with not <laughs> partying? Are you okay with missing out on family events because you're training, yeah. school, tired? Like are you okay yeah. with those things? And and just be real with yourself. Cause at the end of the day, you're only hurting yourself if you do it at fifty percent. You cannot, in my opinion, this is my opinion but I have not found success in sport or in school by doing it 50%. You, I just can't yeah. do that. Every, other people can, but I can't do that. So the advice that I would give is you gotta be dedicated. You gotta, you gotta know like it's either you're doing it or you're not doing it. Cause at the end of the day, being a varsity athlete in any sport is not easy, right? So at the end of the day, it's like, mm -hmm. if you're gonna put 30 hours a week in on your sport and that's not even including school, at the end of the day, it's like, do you, you're going to put those 30 hours in anyway. So it's like, if you know exactly. you're not going to give full effort, you're wasting your own time. You're wasting your own yeah. 30 hours. So just don't even exactly. do that. Like, you know what and I'm the saying? The one thing in life you can't get back is time. It's time. Like, if you know you're not going to, the one thing in life you can't get back is time. So if you know you're just going to go half-ass, just don't even do it. Yeah, and then for the people who already passed that stage who said, you know, like, this is something I want to do and I'm dedicated, I'm motivated, I'm determined, then I would the advice that I would give you is just to stay focused. Stay focused, mm -hmm. create a plan, and believe in yourself. And just adjust. And just Life is about mm -hmm. adjustment. Your plan's not going to go your way. I wrote down probably 20 different plans, life plans, football <laughs> plans, career plans, everything. And none of them have went the way I wrote it down. But the whole purpose of doing that is you're envisioning your future. You're almost manifesting what you want. And if it doesn't happen, you just adjust. You just keep going. That's it. So just stay dedicated, stay determined, stay focused, stay disciplined, and believe in yourself. And honestly, you got to love it. Just just love what you're doing. If you don't love it, if it's not in your heart, if you're doing something because your parents, you want to live up to your parents' legacy, you want to live up to your friends, you want to live up to, you're not, you're not going to love it. It's going to, it's only, it doesn't serve you. It's going to get to hurt you in the end. So if you're going to do something, do it with your heart, lead with your heart and everything else will follow. That's, I think that's, that's the only way to end this off. I don't even have to do anything. I think, I think you said enough to end it. And that's why I knew when I was, when I was scheduling, I'm like, who am I going to talk to? Because this is the last episode of, of season one for for the President's Lounge podcast. And I said, I said, I got to end it off with one person. Like, I, I knew I had to get Coach KP in there in that mix. And I had to balance it and say, I don't think anybody, especially with the demographic that I'm trying to reach and we're trying to talk to and have real conversations, is that I got to talk to someone that's just going to give it raw, real, uncut, where, hey, you're turning 28. You're in that bracket still. You're in your 20s. You know, what I mean, I'm 24, you're 28. We're still in that same bracket where like I'm going to need lessons and, and guidelines to say, hey, I went wrong here. And uh, before you turn 25, don't do this because I did this and I made exactly. mistakes yeah. so that I can make corrections. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah. And like you said, like, you know, you don't get our time back. So just whatever time you have, just just put in the work, get better every day. That's it. Whatever you do, whatever your passion is, follow your passion, follow your heart and just put in the work. Perfect, Jamal. 
I want to, you want to plug your Instagram or any, anything that you have, yeah, any, anything that you have going on. You want to plug any, any of that stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just keep up today with my Insta. He is too tall. H-E-I-S-T-O-T-A-L. Same thing on Twitter. Um, yeah. Hopefully y'all see me out there. I'll be at BMO yes, watching sir. some Argos games this summer. And yeah, let's get it. Yes, I'm there. Hopefully they open it up because I want to go on an Argos game. I need yeah. to go back to that. That, yeah. that was lit. Yeah, and I appreciate you having me on the, the podcast. And like you said, you know, when I met you, everything was authentic, everything was genuine. So, you know, when you, when you asked me to be here, I was I was actually, like, really excited. And, you know, I hope this goes well for you and this opens up, you know, many doors and platforms for you down the road. So, you know, all the best. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, bro. I appreciate I you taking do. the time because I know you're in the – I know you're – I know you're busy and we were talking back and forth. <laughs> I was talking to myself when you're like, Yo, my bad, my bad, I'm here, I'm here. All right, we're good, we're good. So I appreciate you building that time in your, in your schedule in between whatever you got going to come join me and, and have this real conversation. Yeah, you're welcome, bro. <laughs>